Section 30 of Journal of the Reverend Francis Asbury, Volume 3. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Brian Keenan. Tuesday, 18. Came to Mitchell Peters on Pigeon River. Wednesday, rain. Thursday, rain. We crossed the river twice. I preached at the chapel on Matthew 5, 8. On Friday, James Riggin came twenty miles, breasting the rains, and plunging through the swollen streams to see me. He wept over me, and bade farewell. But shall we not meet where all tears shall be wiped from all eyes? We started away on Saturday, wade or swim, foul or fair, across the east forks of Little and Great Pigeon. The waters were full enough. Sunday 22. At O'Haver's, a camp meeting had been appointed by the preachers and people. Bishop M. Kendry and Brother Bohm spoke, as well as Brother Blackman and myself. Brother Bowman spoke at night, and some souls were affected. On Monday I spoke again. There was a flood of speaking to about three hundred souls, some of whom joined society. It was very cold on the ground. Our party came away to George Wells's. On Tuesday we rode twenty miles to the Warm Springs, and next day reached Buncombe, thirty-two miles. The right way to improve a short day is to stop only to feed the horses, and let the riders, meanwhile, take a bite of what they may have been provident enough to put in their pockets. It has been serious October to me. I have labored and suffered, but I have lived near to God. North Carolina, Saturday, 29. We have rested for three days past. We fell in with Jesse Richardson. He could not bear to see the field of Buncombe deserted by militiamen, who fire a shot and fly, and wheel and fire, and run again. He is a veteran who has learned to endure hardness like a good soldier of the Lord Jesus Christ. On the Sunday I preached in Buncombe Courthouse upon 1 Thessalonians 1, 7 through 10. I lodged with a chief man, a Mr. Irwin. Henry Boehm went to Pigeon Creek to preach to the Dutch. On Monday, I went to David Jay's. I thought it was unknown, but the woman of the house, the mother of seven children, quickly told me I had joined her in matrimony to her present husband. Here we met with Daniel Asbury. Great news from Georgia, South and North Carolina. Thirty or forty or fifty souls converted at camp meetings. But in old Virginia, the work is still greater, and Brother Bruce's labors have been blessed in an extraordinary manner. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, November 1, 2, 3. I rested, read, and preached but once. On Friday, we descended the heights of Cooper's Gap to our friend David Dickey's. Fasting and the labor of lowering ourselves down from the mountaintop have made us feeble. Bishop M. Kendry preached upon, Cast not away your confidence. On the Sabbath, Brother Bohm spoke in the morning at eight o'clock. I preached from Matthew 17.5. Exhortations followed, and Brother Bohm ended our Sabbath labors by preaching at night, when there was a considerable move. We came away on Monday by Rutherford Courthouse to G. Moore's. At Moore's Chapel on Tuesday, I preached from Colossians 2, 6. 
Henry Bohm spoke at night. Verily we had a shout. Bishop M. Kendry preached at Lucas's chapel upon Little Broad, and we lodged at Lucas's. A noble ride of forty miles brought us next day to Williams's in Lincoln. I preached on Friday. My mind hath great peace, but my body is weak. The prospects are reviving and cheering in the South Carolina Conference, and they will grow better every year. On Saturday I preached. I ordained Samuel Smith and Enoch Spinks. The Sabbath day was windy and cold. I had taken an emetic and kept the house. Monday 14. Rode 33 miles, hungry, cold, and sick, to Harrison's, Mecklenburg County. I came, unwell and taking medicine, to Robert Hancock's, Waxhaws. I suffer, but it is the will of God. Eighteen hundred miles since leaving Baltimore. I have ordained Robert Hancock a local deacon. We came rapidly to Hanging Rock on Wednesday, and next day reached Camden, and lodged with Samuel Matthews. South Carolina, Sabbath 20. I preached in the tabernacle in Camden in the morning, and Brother Boehm in the afternoon, and Bishop M. Kendry at night. Letters from the presiding elders announce great times in camp meetings. Monday 21. This day I renew my covenant with God. To do nothing, I doubt, is not lawful, and at all times, and in all places, to live as if it were my last hour. May God help me so to do. On Wednesday I went to the encampment four miles from the city. Bishop M. Kendry preached. It was very unpleasant weather. I took cold, sitting in the stand. Thursday, dwelling under curtains. I took an emetic. Wrote two letters to Elders Soul and Beale, Province of Maine. I am still at Rembert Hall. I visited and preached upon the campground. We had an exceeding strong wind, but the people were very attentive. The superintendency had a hut with a chimney in it. There were forty tents and cabins. Bishop M. Kendry was three days and nights on the ground, and there was a powerful work among white saints and sinners, and the poor, oppressed, neglected Africans. Sabbath 27 At Rembert Chapel my subject was Revelation 7, 14-17. Brothers Smith and Boehm followed with energetic exhortations. I felt dejected in mind, and my soul was humbled. I suffer much from ill health, too close application to business, and from having preached in the open air. I filled an appointment made for Bishop M. Kendry at Rembert's. On Monday I rode forty-five miles to Mr. Keel's. We crossed Murray's next day, and stopped in the evening at the Widow Kennedy's. Wednesday we had a heavy ride, and I felt it from top to bottom. Great news! Baltimore, taken fire. Bohemia has a great work. Camp meetings have done this. Glory to the great I am. Sunday, December 4. At Cumberland Church we had a sacramental day. I preached at Bethel in the afternoon. We have a great change and a glorious prospect here in Charleston, and in the neighborhood among both descriptions of people. By our colored missionaries the Lord is doing wonders among the Africans. Monday 5. 
I'm closely employed in reading and writing letters and receiving company. Our house is a house of prayer ten or twelve times a day. I read Mr. Wesley's journal. Ah, how little it makes me feel. The faithfulness, the diligence of this great man of God. I cannot meet the classes like him, but I have a daily throng of white and black who apply for spiritual instruction. Sabbath 11 I preached in Cumberland Street. It was a serious parting time. At Bethel I also gave them a talk in the afternoon. This was a heavy day. I felt the weight of souls. Some may think it no great matter to build two churches, buy three lots, pay $1,500 of bank debt, and raise a growing society. This has been done in this Sodom in less than twenty-four years. O Lord, take Thou the glory. We dined in the woods on Monday and made it thirty-two miles to Perry's. On Tuesday we crossed Edisto, dining at Coger's, and came into Benjamin Risher's. Next day at the Green Ponds Chapel, Bishop M. Kendry, Brother Boehm, and myself all spoke. We lodged at Lewis's, niece to one who had first received the Methodist preachers. Next day we called on B. M. Lellen, a preacher, and lodged with Benjamin Tarrant. Oh, that it was with him as in years past! Once, how holy and innocent! We reached Benjamin Weatherby's on Friday evening. Cold, very cold weather. We came into Augusta on Saturday evening. We dined in the woods. One disorderly man has given great trouble. An awful Osborne Randall has shot a man. Georgia, Sabbath 18. I preached in Augusta Chapel. My flesh sinks under labor. We are riding in a poor $30 chase, in partnership, two bishops of us but it must be confessed it tallies well with the weight of our purses. What bishops? Well. But we hear great news, and we have great times, and each Western, Southern, and the Virginia Conference will have one thousand souls truly converted to God. And is not this an equivalent for a light purse? And are we not well paid for starving and toil? Yes, glory be to God. We came away to Weissing's on Monday, and next day toiled through a very heavy rain to the Widow Fountains. We remained Thursday and Friday in Sparta, and went on Saturday to Brother Bush's. Sabbath 25, Christmas Day I preached on John 3:17. We opened our conference on Monday. We had great labor, which we went through in great peace. Between sixty and seventy men were present, all of one spirit. We appointed three missionaries, one for Tombigby, one to Ashley and Savannah, and the country between, and one to labor between Santee and Cooper Rivers. Increase within the bounds of this conference, 3,088. Preaching and exhortations, and singing, and prayer. We had all these, without intermission, on the campground and we have reasons to believe that many souls will be converted. The number of traveling and local preachers present are about 300. There are people here with their tents who have come 150 miles. The prospects of doing good are glorious. We have already added two new circuits and gained six preachers. 
there may have been from two to three thousand persons assembled. I preached once. We had finished our conference concerns the evening before. January 1, 1809 We came away on Monday morning in haste. We stopped to dine with our friend Doughty in Powelton. This is a stronghold of the Baptists. Nevertheless, we have a house to preach in, and a society. We went as far as W. Bonner's to lodge. On Tuesday we dined at Pleasant Tyndall's and reached Augusta about six o'clock. A cold rain and freezing ride brought us on Wednesday to Spires. Next day Arthur's, near Granby. There was an appointment here for a local preacher, and I filled it for him. I ought to record that the good old folks where I lodged gave up their rooms to me. A hard ride on Friday between the hours of eight and five brought us into Camden. I scarcely have time to make these few brief journalizing remarks. South Carolina, Sabbath 8 I preached in our enlarged meeting-house in Camden. It was a feeling season, in anticipation of great things here. We came away on Monday morning through clouds and a cold rain, twenty-six miles, to Brother Woodham's, on Lynch's Creek. I ordained Stephen Thompson a deacon. In crossing Cashaway Ferry on Tuesday, it was a mercy we were not thrown into the water, like poor Hilliard Judge. We were kindly and comfortably lodged by Esquire Neville. My mind most deeply felt for the salvation of this amiable family. North Carolina Wednesday 11 was cloudy and very cold, but we took horse and made it 33 miles to Lumberton and stopped at the widow Thompson's. I am most at home when I am housed with the widow and the orphan. We reached Fayetteville on Thursday. My limbs, my patience, and my faith have been put to severe trial. I preached in the morning on the Sabbath and Bishop M. Kendry and Brother Boehm after. Since Friday morning I have been occupied in writing, forming plans, and occasionally reading. I baptized a daughter for Mr. Newby. Eli Perry came fifty-six miles for deacon's orders. I advised him to tell his father, a backslidden Baptist preacher, that he, Eli, would set apart once a month a day of fasting and prayer for his father's restoration. We set out on Monday the solitary path on the north side of Cape Fear, to the Widow Andrews, forty-five miles. We were in the night, and I was very much disordered. Tuesday brought us to Wilmington, forty-five miles, again in the night, and my pain extreme. I was compelled to preach on Wednesday at eleven o'clock. I gave them a sermon also on Thursday. My body is in better health, and my mind enjoys great sweetness and peace. We had morning preaching on Friday at five o'clock, to about two hundred souls. We came away afterward, and a ride of twenty miles brought us to the widow Nixon's. The dear old man, her husband, died in Georgia, died in prayer. I gave those present an exhortation and my evening prayers. Saturday brought us to New River, and next day the Sabbath I preached in our enlarged chapel on 1 Timothy 2, 3, 4. It was unusually warm, and so great a wind at night that it frequently waked me. We were most kindly and comfortably entertained at Gaius Rose.
God is worshipped in this house. Oh, what a change is here. The poor Africans, once oppressed, have now great privileges allowed them. We came to Adonijah Perry's on Monday. May he follow his father, who followed Christ. Newburn brought us up on Tuesday. I preached on Wednesday, and it was an open season. God will visit Newburn again. A cold ride brought us to Washington, a disagreeable place to me. But there are souls here, and God can convert and save them. We have a neatly finished house, in which I preached on Friday in great heaviness of body. It is a day of abstinence. I spent my Saturday at Williams's, a secluded house and social family. Sabbath 29. I preached at Williams's chapel on Habakkuk 3, 2. I felt myself in the spirit of the work. In the evening we had snow and hail. We set out on Monday and had a very disagreeable ride through deep swamps and snow. At Williamston I preached to a few people. A cold ride of thirty-two miles brought us to Tarboro on Tuesday. Wednesday, February 1. Opened the Virginia Conference. We had eighty-four preachers present, sixty of them the most pleasing, promising young men. Seventeen preachers were admitted. In all the conference there are but three married men. The high taste of these southern folks will not permit their families to be degraded by an alliance with a Methodist traveling preacher, and thus involuntary celibacy is imposed upon us. All the better. Care and anxiety about worldly possessions do not stop us in our course, and we are saved from the pollution of Negro slavery and oppression. Bishop M. Kendry preached an ordination sermon on Friday. On the Sabbath I gave them a discourse on humiliation before God. Bishop M. Kendry ordained eight elders and I thirteen deacons. I suppose we have had two thousand souls to hear us in the two churches, and our friends are very attentive to entertain us in their houses, abundantly better than we deserve. Our increase in members, unless we allow for a great waste by death, and loss by removals, is not very encouraging. The West and South have given more than three thousand each, whereas here it is not three hundred. We are defrauded of great numbers by the pains that are taken to keep the blacks from us. Their masters are afraid of the influence of our principles. Would not an amelioration in the condition and treatment of slaves have produced more practical good to the poor Africans than any attempt at their emancipation? The state of society, unhappily, does not admit of this. Besides, the blacks are deprived of the means of instruction. Who will take the pains to lead them into the way of salvation, and watch over them that they may not stray, but the Methodists? Well, now their masters will not let them come to hear us. What is the personal liberty of the African which he may abuse, to the salvation of his soul. How may it be compared? We adjourned on Wednesday to hold our next session in Petersburg, in Virginia. A general contentment appeared in the preachers with regard to stations. I came away instantly and had a rapid ride of twenty-eight miles to Mr. Lysiom's, near Edwards Ferry, upon Roanoke. 
we next day crossed the river and breakfasted at Pinner's. We lodged with Jesse Battle, 43 miles today. Friday brought us to Isaac Lumford's. We reached Norfolk on Saturday by 10 o'clock. Virginia, Sabbath 12. I preached on Psalm 37, 3, 4, and felt liberty and life. Met the Society, and preached at Portsmouth. Preached on Monday at the Western Branch, and at night again at Suffolk. I found Richard Yerbury greatly afflicted with the gout. His hands and feet had burst, but he was resigned and patient. On Tuesday we came away to General Wells's. His brother, Willis Wells, an early Methodist and local preacher, died last year. He died in great peace. He had been led away by the misrepresentations of O'Kelly, but he came back into our bosom. I expected to have found religion more lively in this district, but we are on our lees. I grieve to find that some of the preachers went about visiting instead of being at their work. The spirit of the world, and still worse, politics. O death, death! O Lord God, keep thy ministers faithful! I preached at William Blunt's to a few people who had come through a dark night at a short warning. We had, after meeting, hail and rain. I rode next day, very cold, to Birdsongs, in Sussex, thirty miles in six hours. I have need of patience and courage for the roads and weather. It was exceedingly cold on Thursday. Nevertheless, we reached Petersburg about forty miles. We lodged at Edward Lee's. Joseph Handing is no more. He joined us in Norfolk in 1772. He was a man of labor and sorrow, meek and benevolent. I had hoped to find religion more prosperous, but I find, except a few places in the district, there is great languor and indifference observable. We hope for better times. We have added fifty probationers in the three conferences, Western, Southern, and that of Virginia, and have located twenty. Many of these are the most elegant young men I have seen, in features, body, and mind. They are manly, yet meek. I preached in Petersburg on Friday. After meeting I rode home with John Ryle Bradley, now warm in his first love. He was strangely brought to God. He was alone on a Sabbath day and was reading, what he indeed seldom read, his prayer book. Suddenly he was powerfully struck with keen conviction. He began to pray without book and with all his might. What followed came, of course. At his conversion he had a stud of racehorses to part with. We reached Richmond on Saturday, and I preached next day in the city and at Manchester in the afternoon. There is a change here for the better. I lodged at A. Foster's. Monday 20. We rode 24 miles to Brother Cross's, 24 miles of heavy roads. I preached at night to a respectable congregation on 1 Thessalonians 5.14. The young men prayed, and there was life and feeling. C. Hines is likely to be an instrument of great good in Hanover Circuit. On Tuesday we had an uncommonly large congregation for a two hours' notice. Bishop M. Kendry preached to them. 
a forty-five miles ride, without food for man or beast, brought us in, after being twice lost in the woods to Brother Imgruder's. We reached Frederick Gilliam's, beyond the Green Mountain, on Thursday. We seldom lodge at a house without the company of preachers. We are pleased to see them, but would be better pleased to know they were on their circuits, faithfully at work. On Friday we passed Charlotteville, within sight of Fair Mazzucello, the seat of Thomas Jefferson. We rested at Daniel Maupin's. His father and mother are gone to rest. We crossed the ridge at Brown's Gap and came to Port Republic and lodged with Dr. William Douglas. Sabbath 26. I preached upon Acts 2.21. We found it dangerous riding through the snow to Harrisonburg on Monday. Thursday, March 2. Our conference opened. Friday, fast day, we wrought with order and industry, and did much in a little time. There were traveling and local deacons ordained, and we had preaching three times a day. Sabbath 5. In the morning we had a general band meeting. I preached. We had German preaching also, and a sermon at night. On Wednesday we closed our labors in great peace. We came away on Thursday morning and had a heavy, cold ride of thirty-six miles to Woodstock. We took a by-road on Friday to Stevensburg. We called a congregation who came through frost and snow and mud, and I gave them a talk from 1 Thessalonians 5, 1617. There were some unhappy contentions in the society here, but I did not know it, although from my preaching some of the congregation might well suppose I did. God maketh the mind and the mouth of man. We reached Winchester on Saturday, and on the Sabbath I gave them a discourse on Habakkuk 3, 2. It was a season of freedom. An awful storm of snow overtook us on our way to Thomas Keys, where we were made comfortable for the night. We crossed Harper's Ferry on Tuesday, and came to Joseph Perkins's. My friend and neighbor has gone to rest. Next day we had deep roads to Fredericktown. I had scarcely sat down when I heard the bells ring. It was an invitation to the people to come and hear me preach. Well, go I must. About three hundred people had collected in the German Presbyterian Church. They were devoutly attentive. Next day we reached Mr. Helms's, near Patapsco Bridge. A number of workmen were deeply attentive whilst I officiated in the family evening devotions. We reached Baltimore on Thursday. Friday and Saturday received letters and visitors. My soul is greatly humbled in this city. I tremble for the ark and fear my own soul will suffer loss. End of section 30. Recording by Brian Keenan.